This is the message from Connection Community Church for this Sunday, October 6th, 2013. In Him is life. Well, good morning, Connection Church. You guys feeling alive today? In Him is life. That's what we're going to talk about. So my name's Lori Brown. I'm the pastor of spiritual formation and a sinner who's been saved by God's grace. Would you pray with me, please? Gracious God, wow, we thank you for each person here. It is no accident that anyone is here with us today, Lord. Lord, just um, take a moment to settle us in so that we can um, receive the word that you have prepared in advance for each one of us, Lord. Help us receive that message today that has the power to change and transform our lives. So we give this time to you in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Okay. So the Bible nugget that we're looking at today is found in the New Testament in the chap- uh, Gospel of John, chapter 1, verse 4, which reads, In him was life. Not only that, but we know that in him is life, right? Past, present, and future. In him is life. So before we dive in, though, into this scripture here, we're going to talk a little bit about who John is, who wrote this book. He was a fisherman by trade. He was one of the sons of Zebedee, often referred to as John, the brother of James. That just means James was the older brother. John was more than that, however. After he accepted Jesus' invitation to follow him, he became so much more. And the truth is, is that when we do that, the same happens. We become so much more. So John, he was one of the original 12 disciples. He was an eyewitness and an active participant in Jesus' earthly ministry. Jesus and the disciples, they did life together. They ate, they drank, they fellowshiped, they did ministry, they did life together. Think about this. John and the other disciples, they saw the miracles of Jesus. They heard the teaching firsthand. They were there at the Sermon of the Mount. Think about it too. John He was at the wedding in Cana, which we read about in chapter 3 of John, where Jesus turned six jars of water into wine. Can you imagine being there? Like John, he drank the wine. He experienced the fullness of having Jesus there in the flesh. John was an insider to the life, the death, and the resurrection of Jesus. He was a part of the formation of the early church after Jesus ascended back into heaven. Now here's the deal. John could have said no to this invitation to follow Jesus. Just imagine if he had said no to that. We would miss out so much on this incredible writing that John did and so many other things. Scholars estimate that he wrote this book some 30 to 60 years after Jesus' death and resurrection. John had a lot of time, a lot of time to meditate on the life and the identity of Jesus. 
His writing style was unique, beautiful, poetic. He frequently uses word pictures that creatively articulate who Jesus is throughout this book that we're only going to look at a little tiny piece today. And he did all this for the sole purpose that you may believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that by believing, you may have life in his name. So that you may believe and have life in his name. So if you haven't read this book, it is an awesome book. I encourage, actually I challenge every one of you in here. This book is 21 chapters long, and they're not like, it's not like a really thick, like, you know, gosh, it takes forever to get through a chapter. You can read a chapter in five to 10 minutes. If you pick one chapter a day, starting today or tomorrow, within 21 days, by the end of this month, you will have read this entire creative work of art that was designed so that you can have life and have it more abundantly. So I hope each and every one of you take on that challenge to read this book. As we dive into our exploration, beginning with the first three verses, I just want to say that this stuff is deep. These first three verses, I mean, we could preach thousands of sermons on them. So we're just going to do a little in the surface a little bit. Um, so here we go. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him, all things were made. Without him, nothing was made that has been made. Now, these first few lines would immediately take John's audience back to Genesis chapter 1, which we talked about last week, the creation story. John wants his readers to know from the very beginning, from before time and space existed, before God even spoke creation, into existence was the Word. Not only that, but the Word was with God. The Word was God. He was with God in the beginning before anything was made. Now for us, what we want you to know about these first few verses, right up front, is the Word is the second person of the Trinity, the Son of God, the Word became flesh, Jesus, who was with God in the beginning, eternal God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, who was, is, and always will be. Now, it goes on to say, through him all things were made. The heavens, the earth, light, sky, sun, moon, stars, galaxies, land, water, plants, bugs, creepy, crawly things all over the place. <laughs> birds, fish, animals, human beings, you and me, created in the image and likeness of God. Now, in case they didn't get it completely, or in case we didn't get it completely, without him, absolutely nothing was made that has been made. So everything you see, everything you don't see, air, wind, microorganisms, everything, Without him, nothing was made that has been made. And then it goes on to say that in him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. 
The life was the light for all people, you and I. So let's break this down a little. In him was life. Now if we think about it, life, it's all around us, right? So we could look around, like look around, you should see life all around it. Are you guys alive today? Do I see any life out there? I see it. Um, when we look at God's creation, we see life everywhere. Plant life, vegetation life, aquatic life, insects, reptiles, animal life, and us. Everything. We could say that everything created by God is part of life. Now, life and living things are distinguished from inanimate objects like the chairs you're sitting on. They were made from the raw materials that were found in God's creation. Now, I'm not a big science person, so I'm not going to go like really deep here, but somebody in between services did tell me that even these chairs have atoms, like, I'm not even sure how I could explain what an atom is, so I'm not going to, but atoms that have life in them. I thought, wow, that totally blows my mind. Anyway, we're going to stick with the simple truths today, and hopefully you'll get what I'm trying to say. So the bottom line is we could say that everything created supports life or has life in it. Rocks, dirt, water, plants, insects, fish, birds, animals, human beings created in the image and likeness of God. So in him was life, and that life was a light of all mankind. The light, what does the light do? The light shines. It shines in the darkness. And the darkness has not overcome it. So God is both life and light. God is the creator of life, past, present, and future. And that life shines like a light in the darkness. It's that light, life, that's a light for you and me. Now, I think we could all agree that the lights, they help us see more clearly. Light illuminates everything that's around us. We're drawn to the light. Even the bugs, those creepy crawly things, are all drawn to the light. Creation is a light in the sense that it's a reflection of the very goodness of God. Just as a painting is a reflection of the painter, creation is a reflection of the light and life of God, who is the master artist. So wherever we see life, there we see the life and light of God. Did you guys get that? Wherever we see life, there we see the life and the light of God. So I encourage you, as you go out throughout your week, every day, to look for life. Look where you see it. Maybe you'll notice it in ways that you haven't noticed it before. Listen to the bugs at night. There's life. Notice it. Notice where you see it, and notice where you don't see it. It's like, oh, there's life there. Oh, not a whole lot of life here. And then you realize you're looking in the mirror. Oh, it's me! <laughs> Ouch. Okay. So, creation is a light for all people. And several places in the Bible speak to this. One place... Um, King David, who wrote many of the Psalms, 
in Psalm 19, verses 1 through 4, one of my favorite psalms, he writes, The heavens declare the glory of God. The skies proclaim the work of his hands. Day after day they pour forth speech. Night after night they reveal knowledge. They have no speech. They use no words. No sound is heard from them. Yet their voice goes out into all the earth. Their words to the ends of the world. Creation speaks. What was spoken into existence by the word testifies to the life and glory of God. Creation is a light that points us to God. If you want to know more about God, look, study at creation. You'll see more of God. Everything that's good and beautiful about humanity, you and me, is a reflection of the life and the goodness of God. So everything you see good in humanity, that's a light, that's a reflection of the goodness of God. Whenever we see acts of kindness, compassion, love, forgiveness, servanthood, generosity, sacrifice, healing, we see God. So those are some of the things I want you to look for this week. When you see those things, you see a reflection of the goodness of God. Those God-given human attributes, they become a light when witnessed and seen by others, and they point people to something more, something greater than ourselves. The light shines, and it draws people closer and closer to God. So the light, what does it do in the darkness? It shines in the darkness. Here's the thing to notice. Light shines in the darkness, and the darkness will never, ever overcome the light. And here we have some tension and contrast. <clears throat> we have light and darkness. Light shining in darkness. Now here's the deal. Wherever we see the ugliness, the darkness of humanity, you and I, wherever we see that, things like selfishness, self-centeredness, greed, hate, murder, unforgiveness, pride, and so many unspeakable evil acts. We see people who are making choices that are against life, the very life that's been created. Choices that kill off life, literally and figuratively. Choices that go against the very goodness of God's creation and intention and plan for our lives. Now, I don't know about you, but I have made many of those choices before in my life. Choices that kill off God's creation. The good news is, there's always good news when it comes to God. No matter how dark things get, or how dark they may seem in this world, even during the extreme tragedies of life, the light always shines. There are always people in those moments of darkness that what do they do? They reach out. They bring hope, healing, restoration, comfort, encouragement. 
You know, I hope when you guys see those things, that's what you do. You bring those things to those situations. And here's the thing, darkness will never, ever, ever stomp out the light. Never. We could turn out all the lights here. Um, we're not going to do that, but don't want to freak anybody out, but we could. But if we did that, we would still see some light, wouldn't we? We'd see it coming in from the windows, maybe the cracks of the doors. We'd see light. Light can always be seen even in the midst of the darkness. Now here's the exciting thing about this passage that continues with verse 9. John tells us the true light that gives life to everyone was coming into the world. He was in the world, and though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, children born not of natural descent, nor of human decision or a husband's will, but born of God. Now, I love this passage so much because it's the true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world, the source of life, the word that spoke life into being, not a reflection of the life, not a reflection, but the light himself was coming into the world. He was in the world, and though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. They preferred the darkness. He came to that which was his own. Scholars believe that this is both all of humanity, you and I, those who were created in the image and likeness of God, and also the Jewish people, Israel, who had been prepared for years after year after years, years. God was preparing them to receive him. And then we're told, but his own did not receive him. Can you hear the rejection, the sadness? Yet to all who did receive him, like the author of this book, John, other disciples, the, you know, many disciples throughout time, including many of us here, to those who did believe in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, children born not of natural descent, nor human decision or husband's will, but born of God. You guys alive out there? Children born of the very life and light of God. Children born of the very spirit of God. A new humanity is being birthed. Last week, we talked about humanity having a divine spark. When we're born of God, when we receive him into our life, God literally lights that spark. It's no longer a spark. It's like a burning ember. And if we blow on it, it turns into a fire that creates for God, that helps us be a brighter light in the world. When we accept Jesus, we have the true light, not a reflection of the light, the true light now living inside us. And when that happens, we get to experience life in a totally new way. 
life that's full of grace and truth. Not condemnation, but grace and truth. So the eternal word, the eternal God, second person of the Trinity, who was with God from the beginning, became flesh in the person of Jesus and made his dwelling among us. And in us, for those who choose to receive him, he loves us that much. God loves you that much that he came to give you life. John chapter 3 says it this way, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. So think about it. The eternal God, the true light, came into space and time, came into the creation so that we can have life and to the full. Life now and life later with God in eternity. Now, about two weeks ago, I had this really weird and bizarre dream. Um, I'm not going to tell you all about about it, the details, but I will tell you a little bit of it. Um, In this dream, like there was this struggle as I was sleeping between life and death and, um, you know, the choice, you know, life and death. Who's going to win? Is life going to win? Death. And, of course, in the dream, life won, right? I was like, I woke up, I was like, yay, I'm alive. (laughs) Thank you, life. Um, Yeah, anyway. But what it did, it reminded me about something that happened 16 years ago. In 1997, I made a choice that literally changed the course of my life. I was unchurched at the time, and I was doing a lot of things that were not life-giving, right? I smoked, I drank in excess alcohol, I made choices that were dishonoring to myself and others. I was a single parent with two young kids who needed me to be more than that. I think all the parents in the room will understand your kids, right? They need us to be more than that. So one day, in my complete anger and disgust at myself, don't know if you've ever been there, but I was just sick and tired of choosing things that were killing me, things that were killing my spirit and others. And in that moment, my spirit shouted. It was like, I choose life. I choose life. And that choice completely changed me. Within six months, I quit smoking and drinking. I ate healthier, started to exercise. I was even running like three miles, you know, at a shot like three or four times a week. I began to make choices that were life-giving to myself and others. Now, I didn't do it all perfectly, but I now had this filter called I Choose Life that I could look at the choices and the decisions I was making and say, is this life-giving or does this go against life? You know, it's a good time for us to look and consider in our own lives, what are the things that we're doing that we choose that are against life? We all do it. I still do it today. I try try not to, 
but I still do it today. So anyway, fast forward, seven years later, I walked through the doors of Connection Community Church. Six weeks later, I gave my life and my heart to God. I said the prayer inviting the true light into my life, and I didn't fully understand it, but you know, it's like, all of a sudden, I felt this life in me that I didn't know before. It's like that, that peace that passes all understanding. It's like my whole world was like turned upside down. It's like, oh my gosh, I thought it was this way and now it's that. And it's like, oh my gosh, I don't even know. Like, <laughs> I couldn't wait to like learn more about this life that I saw others experiencing. Now here's the deal. Like when that happened, when I invited Jesus into my heart, God lit that spark and when God lights that spark in you, it's just, oh my gosh, life in a way that I never imagined. So if you're out there feeling a little dead in your life, you know, Jesus is just waiting to light that spark within you to give you life and to the full. And when that happens, life will grab a hold of you. You don't even have to try to figure it all out. Life will grab a hold of you. Now, as I was doing this message, however, God corrected my thinking in this. God was saying to my spirit, you know, Lori, back in 1997, when you chose life, it was actually the other way around. Life I chose you before you were even born. Think about that. Let that mess you up. That messed me up. Life chose me. Life chose you. Life chose you before you were even born. Each and every person who's in here, life chose you to be and live in this time and space and place because the way that you're created you are the only one who can make the impact that god has it's like you're that little piece imagine if the gospel the john the writer of this book imagine if he said no god has things that he wants each one of you to do and all we have to do is say yes to that life and it'll be an adventure. There will be ups and downs. I'm not gonna kid anybody. I've had some downs, but man, those downs are never as down as they were before. So let that mess you up. Life chose you. And his name is Jesus. Will you choose him? Will you choose him in all the areas of your life. You know, are there areas that you just haven't been ready to give up? Those areas that still create death and darkness? Choose life. Let him help you. Because it just keeps getting better and better the more we choose him. Are you guys alive? All right, I'm alive too. Woo. All right, so let's pray. Gracious God, wow, we thank you for the gift of life. 
Lord, we thank you for each person in here who you chose to be here. Help us, Lord. I don't know what everybody's going through, but you do. Help us as we go throughout our days. Um, have us, help us be the light in the world so that other people can see that. Help other people be a light to us that encourages our spirits and gives us hope. Remind us that you came to give us life and give it to the full. Let's not sell out. Let's experience it completely. We thank you and praise you for your son, Jesus Christ. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for joining us for our podcast. For more information about Connection Community Church in Middletown, Delaware, please visit our website at www.connectioncc.org. You can also call our church offices at 302-378-7692. Connection Community Church, connecting people with Jesus and the life that he offers.